Before we begin, this episode has more instances of the cast members talking over each other than perhaps any other episode, and it's nobody's fault, no one's being rude. Uh, we were in three distinct parts of the world, very separate places, very far flung, and there was a little bit of, you know, satellite mix-up, crossed wires, etc. No one's doing it on purpose, it was a technical issue. Um... We do our best, we're aware of it, we make fun of it as we do it, but just in case anyone's frustrated thinking one or more of us is being rude, it's not the case. And that's about it for a disclaimer. I edited this one. <laughs> Enjoy. No way out of city when I know that there's hot cash coming back. First, I'm going to put some back gel on my back, which I forgot to do. That's probably a I thing you should do fridge. before we like have a conversation or anything. I kept it in the fridge. Well, we can have a conversation about my back gel. Back um, gel is that like deep heat kind of stuff for back pain? Is it? It's it's weird. It's like an anti-inflammatory, oh. um, but but you put it on your skin, like topical. Uh, it's like new or something. Like, I've been uh, given some new stuff. I don't know if it's experimental or, or just brand new on the market, but it's like cutting-edge drugs um, <laughs> for my back, which has been healing up naturally on its own quite nicely because the, the fucking doctors at the spine place have been useless, um, saying, I'll go in for surgery, I go over there, then it's like, oh, we won't give you surgery, and then it's back to the physical therapy, and I'm like, well, that's what fucking made me bed bound for days in the first bloody place wow. um so i kind of fucked them off and just kind of took it a little easier and it's it's healing up on its own to the point where i'm i'm feeling froggy enough to take a flight to new york uh which i'll be doing on uh, november the 11th for uh, an art show in new york they're actually uh doing a, a boglin custom art show uh, the pieces will be on sale, so I may be uh, grabbing my credit card and making <laughs> a few purchases of, of like like legit artists and things. And Tim Clark will be there. He's the inventor of Boglins. He worked on Dark oh, Crystal. Cool. He knows what he's talking about. Wow. I'm, I might try I and score an interview with him, but I don't know if he'll play the way I want him to play. <laughs> At, I don't know, man. Point, I, said, I think once he once he knows the publicity you've been doing for his, uh, <laughs> they his know toys. they they like the people. Some of the people who work on on the toys and stuff, they know they're just confused and not impressed. Um, even <laughs> at though, at this like, point, you yep. Yeah, sorry. Oh, at this point, you seem like you're becoming a parody of yourself now, Jim. You're going to art shows <laughs> to purchase boglins. Yeah. I'm like, it is, is weird. this really a thing that's happening, or are you just well, becoming the character you've it. put into it, the universe? It feels like I've become the mask. Well, the problem is, is it's not entirely a character, because boglins were a, a huge part of my childhood. Like, huge. Like, where people talk about Monster in My Pocket and Pogs, Mini Boglins was my, like, big, like the thing i collected and swapped in school the bigger boglin puppets like i have several christmases remembering getting various ones and there's a particular one which i actually just ordered uh, a particular small 
Boglin, not a mini one, a small, which I used to call medium, um, which I had as a child, and it was my favourite one, and that's on its way to me. I'm very excited about that. So there is, ge- it's a genuine I, kind of collecting thing I'm doing, Laura, which I've then layered a character on top of, but now it's all becoming blurred. Laura, I smell conspiracy here. You know what's going to happen? Jim's going to go, and he's going to be tweeting all these pictures of these Boglin sculptures and this amazing exhibition, and you're going to go in your back room, and you're like, hey, Where's my 3D printer gone? <laughs> right, I'm applying oh. this back stuff. Um, there Do we you are. guys Let's find with back it. stuff, actually, and I, I find this, and I, I wonder if there's a lot of our audience who are big, Shit. regular gamers find hand. this too, but, well, we're talking over each other, are we? Sorry, I'm talking to myself oh, um, okay. in the background. I'm going to move away from the microphone a bit and let you talk while I apply this. It's like lube. It really does look like lube for coming with. Wow. Sorry, you carry on. <laughs> Do you guys find that, um, like, Little particularly with our jobs, like when you've been like balls deep in a video game for like three days in a row, and then you got to work on the computer for another three days in a row, and you're kind of nonstop hunched over? Do you get like really bad shoulder and neck pain? Because I deal oh, with that of shit course, so yeah. much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, that's going to happen. I think there's only so long you can spend hunched over a screen before your body just starts to like, you know, cave in and become a little bit terrifying. It's, yeah, it's when... actually, it's one of the reasons I can't play games on mouse and keyboard because I'm already so uncomfortable that I don't want to add to it. <laughs> I need to limit that. Like I've been using Steam Link where I can get away with it for things. Like half of my time with Alboy was spent with the Steam Link and a Steam controller, but the Steam controller yeah. isn't very good for that game so i kind of had to switch when it was a particularly tricky boss and run back to the computer how's the steam controller for just navigating around actually a pc because i've i've actually heard it's pretty handy for work situations from a couple Um, people i've not really used it for that all that much um i'll need to try it out i can see how it would be uh, but the the Steam controller is still something I'm trying to get my head around. Like the lack of that yeah. second analog stick really is something I I just can't rewire my brain around. But there you go. But sometimes you, I've got to use the PC for game stuff. Um, obviously, I record videos of myself playing on PC games where uh, applicable. And I bought a lumbar pillow. I do highly recommend it for people who are at computers a lot. Uh, when my back started acting up, it's just a just a little cushion thing that's shaped to your your lower back. Um, even when I found myself hunched over, just every now and then taking breaks to sit back and just curl my back round this thing is is a big relief. So recommend that. My hand is proper sticky now. Um, it honestly, it's <sighs> oh, I might have to go wash my hands because it. it well, feels now, we, now we know the real gym. reason for his shoulder pain, Laura. Sticky it feels it. Yeah. It honestly sticky does. Hands, shoulder pain feel like i just got done wanking he's, like he's it's been looking at, at your uh, he's been looking at your fanfics again that people do of the two exactly i i feel like he's just looking for an excuse to get lube on his hands and to be like oh no i'm covered in lube it was for medical reasons <laughs> help and nothing me. else and i need to get all the lube off i'm accidentally <laughs> wanking now help help i <laughs> i was putting stuff on my back and and now i've gotten into a wanking situation that's how it works that's a classic yeah. faulty towers bit my, do you remember uh, that bit in faulty ba- towers where where basil thought his back hurt and then he just wanked onto manuel yeah so, yeah, so Gav, exactly. what do you like, do a living? Well, I go on to Skype and uh, a guy tells me he's wanking. <laughs> yeah, well, 
you know, this is this is how things go. It's you know, this Jim's is how I'm going to explain my, my my career the next time someone asks me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you think that's bad? I've been having like um, meetings with the Australian government all week this week and trying to justify what my job is and make it sound like it was a good use of Australian taxpayers' money. I'm amazed they didn't ban Very you. Very difficult <laughs> considering their well, censorship. Uh, <laughs> I'm amazed they let you into the country. Laura. Oh gosh. Okay, so the on the honest answer is the people. Here. She's bloody filthy. <laughs> the people in the Australian government who paid for me to come over don't actually understand what I do. So as I understand, like the the Australian government found someone from GamerX Australia and were like, you know, video games. Who should we bring over to Melbourne Games Week? So I get invited over, and the government ministers who paid for my trip did not, like, stop and pay any attention to who was being invited. So I had, like, here's breakfast with the Minister for Tourism. Explain to the Minister for Tourism why you're important and why taxpayer money was used to fly you over. And it's like, don't mention butts, don't mention podquisition, don't let them know about the episode titles or I am being deported here and now. <laughs> Just keep Jim Sterling's name out of it. And you'll be fine. Um, fun stuff. Uh, well, yeah, we should explain. Um, Laura's uh, cool quality. I probably, is a... yeah, I probably sound a bit shitty this week. Not as, not too bad. Not too bad. But but not, get out. not quite as just get out as normal. Get out, you bloody um, bogan. Yeah, this this is what happens when you try and record the podcast at five a.m. from a hotel room in Australia <laughs> on a tiny little travel microphone. So I mean, given yeah. the situation, it's going to be a weird week. Given the sitch, uh, you you are coming through quite well. The last time I tried to uh, record, I tried to record a video, um, like a normal like best of Steam Greenlight trailer from a hotel room once, um, and just the the acoustics in there were awful. It came out terribly sounding, but what can you do? Um, Laura, I, yeah, I, like I, I'm 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 in a pretty decent uh, like hotel here, so I have like passable internet that will work for Skype, and the acoustics are pretty good. So I'm like, yeah, I made this work. Laura, I I, I personally don't think Australia has any place judging anyone. Uh, on their artistic merit until they offer the global community an apology for Home and Away. Home and oh. Away with you <laughs> each day. Oh my I used God. to love watching that. Chains down the diner. <laughs> that neighbours. Oh gosh. Neighbours. So oh, neighbours. Here's the first thing I've learned. Home and Away. I don't think there's been a day on Irish TV in the last like 25 years that Home and Away hasn't been on at some point. <laughs> So here is the first thing that, like, I learned about Australia when I got here. I assumed that, like, crikey was a thing that wasn't actually said here. I thought it was just, like, one of those stereotypes that didn't exist. Like the whole pip-pip cheerio thing uh, in Britain. Yeah. It took me 15 minutes of being in Melbourne to hear someone unironically say crikey very aggressively. Nice! Um, Also, there's a lot more, like... It's a lot more common than I would have expected to see Australians making jokes about them being a prison colony. Like, again, I assumed that would be like one of those, no, that's a stupid joke the foreigners make. Don't say that. And do they all have transducers making... that they can like move stuff with? Like the girl from Tomorrow. Do you remember that show? No, I don't. The name Lana. sounds familiar. I don't Her think I ever Alana, watched it. I think. And the bad guy was called Sil- Silverthorn. Ah. I um Australian round, kids TV is really good. Well, at least it was some, when I yeah, was growing up. All the it was best back shows. in the day. Yeah, because I never said in, the Including twist a previous was one we've mentioned it? on the show before. Yeah, <laughs> I never said yeah. after that episode. Um, I'm so sorry for uh, to the person who sent it. I, I've forgotten your name, but someone sent me fridge magnets 
with just oh, yeah. still images from around the twist on them. Oh, um, <laughs> with with like like just the characters swearing about how fucked they are and the adults just like being incompetent. Like they made this weird little comic story out of uh, around the twist fridge magnets. So that was a fun thing. Thank you, um, person who sent that. I'm again sorry I forgot your name, um, but that was what well, that did delight me when it turned up. And I, I have slapped them on my fridge, so that's good. But yeah, yeah, Australian uh, TV in general has it had its moments. A friend of mine, Leo, um, he's a, a musician now, a bit like yourself, Gav, a bit of a pop star. Uh, he used to like obsessively watch Prisoner Cell Block H, which in Australia is just called Prisoner. And it's about a women's prison. And it had the guy who played Alf in Home and Away in it, but he was a bad guy and he once killed someone with a crossbow, a little tiny crossbow for some reason that happened in a prison. Um, so that's isolated most of our listeners now. I think we need an updated version of this, right? Oh, nice. Have you ever, ever felt like Jim? He keeps on wanking and he's gone and sprained his wrist. There you go. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's beautiful, Gavin. Thank you. I feel I feel so much more Australian already. <laughs> my voice sucks today. Blah. It's still oh, gosh. it's still better than me on a good day, so <laughs> you got that. Um mm, that what a you're, great you're time of- we're having. Yeah, we're having a nice little time, even if I am like I am I am sleep deprived as all hell. This is has been a fantastic week being in Australia, but my god, my body is not doing well with the time difference and the travel and whatnot. Yeah, I, I mean you you I, I I mentioned when we uh first started the call, you seemed uh, pretty out of it. You'd just gotten up. Uh it's bizarre to me the 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 time it is over there right now. Um, yeah, so like it's it's all been very confusing because the English clocks changed by an hour. Then the next day, I flew twenty six hours, leaving on Saturday night and landing on Tuesday morning. And then there's an additional eleven hour time difference that happened while I was flying. So my body just doesn't know what the fuck is going on right now. <laughs> I just I don't even. This is the most even... subdued I've ever heard, Laura. <laughs> That's true. I know. I'm quiet. I'm calm. I'm relaxed. What is wrong with me? Maybe, I don't think I could we'll do a long trip like that anymore. Often. Uh, the longest one I did was Japan, and that one damn near killed me. Um, oh, long God, yeah. flights are the worst. They, <laughs> they are, are we, horrible. We did one from Ireland in two lots from like Ireland, New York, San Diego, and it was at the end of it, I was ready to kill someone. <laughs> Flying? I don't know about you guys, yeah. but I find flying really stressful. Oh, I, I get immense travel anxiety yeah. at the best of times. Um, and mm. and I, I have to work hard to reduce that. It doesn't help being a fatty bum-bum, and of course, planes are not exactly designed for fatty bum-bums mm. um, who, you know, eat chopper chubs. So... You know, I'll I'll either do it first class or I, I will spring for the other, you know, get another seat and just be all like, yeah, check it out, I'm fat. Um, which is what I've done do for New York. Like, and... All the time. Like, who is it I follow on Twitter that's it's um, 
Rami Ismail, the guy who designed oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, what's the yeah. game he did? The he did Ridiculous Fishing, he did Nuclear Throne. Yeah, Nuclear um, Throne, that's one. Um, yeah, Vlambeer. Um, he, like, every time I see him, he's on a different, like, plane somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I don't know how he does it. That would stress me out so much to, to fly that I mean, maybe, it's, maybe you just do it so much you become inoculated to it. But mm. for as much travelling as I've done, I, I've never quite gotten over it myself. Um, even, I mean, I, but then again, I could get a train and still stress out just because it's travel and it's a, something different in my life for a few hours, and that yeah. freaks me out because I'm I've I've got mental problems. That, like yeah. Yeah, that's I, just I a thing I, I have. At, so. le- at least a train doesn't have a yawning void of ten thousand feet of death below you. That's though. true. Well, the funny thing is, it's not. It's not being up that high in the sky that ever worries me. Like I, when I'm on a plane situated, I feel great. I love the, I love traveling in the moment. It's mm. the build up mm. to it the that organ- freaks me the out. The organizing it. Yeah, the the getting on the plane and again being a fatty bum bum and just oof 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 through the aisles, the tiny aisles for little people from Lilliput, and but didn't just you, the uh... social awkwardness again of being just a, a, a chubster, a pig in chubs on a plane. Well, didn't you lose fifty pounds, Jim? That's that's pretty much uh, uh, in it's order a... of some congratulations there. Well, thank you, thank you. I mean, that's in in terms of being a fat guy, a, a guy of my considerable heft on a plane 50 pounds is uh it's a drop in the ocean um in terms of of how convenient that still makes it but it is you know I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with going. myself i'm very yeah. pleased with myself i had a you know i had a, a pretty shitty year past 12 months and put weight on and all this shit and then reached a point where i was like right that's enough please so been working with that been working with my doctor been you know doing the whole calorie count thing and and whittled it down to 50 now and you know fingers crossed beyond i i would like to do a lot more than that but we'll, we'll see hopefully hopefully um it, I'm already feeling a little bit of the benefit just from mm. that and I think that's helped with the back as well I mean you know the back was a uh, I can pinpoint what did it, but obviously weight does not help back healing yeah, and all that, that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah. that's doubtless been a help. But uh, but yeah, so thank you, thank you. I'm I'm cool. I'm pretty pleased. It's been a good week for me, good news wise. Uh, like I said, the, the year for me has been pretty rubbish, but this week's been good. Uh, the weight thing, um, booking a thing for a Bogdan art show, very excited. Um, <laughs> Jim saw went out, which was our Halloween special for the Jimquisition, which was more or less a short film, um, sort of a twenty-seven minute long thing, not not hugely big, um, with a a tiny bit of traditional Jimquisition structure in it, but mostly it was a a full on parody of the Saw films, and the response was not what I expected. Like, I expected people to like it, but I expected it to be divisive, but I've never seen a, a YouTube comment thread so pleasant. Um, oh. Like, like I've never seen it that pleasant. Like, to the point where it was several hours later and I was still able to read the thread before. <laughs> Normally, I'll give it an hour and then I'm just, <laughs> I'm out, have a good one, see ya. Uh, yeah. But no, like, hours later, I was still reading through the comments and uh, nice. just in my editor and director who who worked incredibly hard on on the episode um was was reading through loving it um the response was magnificent people are really excited about next year um 
God knows what we'll do next year, but I'm looking forward to it. And and I'm excited because he made it look like, I mean, he applied filters. He got a, a cinematic frame rate uh, and we got the lighting down and we got the sound decent and the cuts. Uh, so this might be the beginning of, of more like feature style content, um, actual short film style stuff. Mm. Uh, I know Justin already at one point muttered something about a Jimquisition musical, which I could be the <gasps> best or the yes, worst thing ever. Please, I am it. Yeah, but there we are. See, we have an actual legit musician, so that could be a thing. No promises. People always, whenever I do a little hint of something that might happen, I start getting like, "When's that happening?" Like that's not a promise mm. at all. Um, but it is one of several ideas we're thinking of. Uh, the, I'd actually the, love to write for a, a musical sometime. I think it's. I'd love to do uh, a musical. I, I think it's I've something I'd be good to. at. I love, oh, gosh, yeah. I love you... musicals that aren't traditional musicals. You know, mm. um, Rocky mm. Horror, which you know, I understand. There's uh, um, some people have problems with that. It's very, the very divisive one. Um, Little Shop of Horrors is is the one I love <gasps> the most. J'adore. Yeah. Oh my Little god. Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors, I somehow never saw until maybe a year and a half, two years ago. And as someone that loves musicals, I was like, how did I never get around mm-hmm. to watching this? Um, I think that in particular, the uh, You'll Be a Dentist song in there is oh, yeah. a stroke of genius. Yeah. Like, it is one of the best, one of the best pieces of, like, character building in a song I've ever You'll seen. You'll be yeah. a dentist. Do you know what song always stuck with me in that was Somewhere That's Green? Oh, it's such a lovely, Somewhere heartbreaking it's, little it's song. It's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song. Um, all of the songs, I, I, I think there's not a single green. song I, I don't love. The, <laughs> the only, um, my only regret with the movie version is they do cut two really, really good songs. And they, actually they cut three, two really, really good songs, one good song. And they severely cut down another really good song. Because um, Mushnik doesn't sing in the film in in the film mm. i don't know if that's because the actor couldn't sing but his lines from um skid row were cut and he didn't get the song mushnik and son which is such a good fucking song of uh mushnik con- um convincing seymour to become his adopted son so he can make money it's just such a good like like they go full-on like traditional with it just um him going really campy and seymour and uh, yeah, Audrey Two, of course, fantastic. Um, you know what musical I can't stand? Fucking mm. Grease. It's a shrieking, yeah, I, clattering yes. cacophony. Yeah, yes, is my wife loves it. But I, I tried oh. watching it once, and the moment John Travolta said "Nah," yeah. I was no. <laughs> it's I'm so, out. It's See just, ya. You know the way like some people put on like death metal and go, "Oh God, that's just noise. I can't listen to it." That's how I feel when I hear Grease. <laughs> I try and think about what the plot of the movie Grease is and all I remember is boy and girl like each other but for some reason they don't want to acknowledge that because of social rules in, in school and their friend then gets nothing pregnant really happens for an hour and a half point. and then their friend gets pregnant yes. then they fly into space in a flying car because <laughs> Olivia Newton-John is now kind of a punk girl maybe because she put a leather jacket on yeah. well no they did like, that they is did the whole that of that hour and a half <laughs> oh yeah is it, oh thank that, god that I've... film is so fucking loud you can hear it from any point on yeah. planet yeah. earth I, let's find I a fucking find, like, world a... where there's no music yeah. I want Elon to Musk a please get us away from like... Greece <laughs> yeah I, I want that's the why he's really doing the Mars stuff 
I should also point will... out that because of the, um, you know, we're now we've now got because people are going to get frustrated hearing this. We've got a guy in America here. We got a girl in Australia, and we got a guy in Ireland. That's why we keep talking over each other right now. Well, see, the thing is, like with multi-track editing, you could edit those overlaps out, but you ain't gonna do that, Jim. No, I'm also editing this week, so uh, look forward to that. Whatever that sounds well, like. Jim, Jim offered to edit. I was like, oh, I could, I could do it. You know, I yeah, I'd feel like from history's greatest monster if I made it's, you edit on top of everything else you're doing, like. You're talking to fucking Australian ministers and recording at five in the morning and then I'm tossing you this drivel. Just like, here, edit this bilge <laughs> together. Um, I'll do it. Um, you know, it'll it'll sound as good as the spin-off doctor, so you know, that <laughs> it's serviceable. So shut up. <laughs> oh, but god yeah, the the dentist in Little Shop of Horrors has two songs. He only has one in the film, but uh, he has a song when he's dying called It's Just the Gas. And I recommend you all look it up on YouTube and also look up Mushnik and Son. Um, both really good songs. There are different versions of them from different theatrical productions. Um, great songs, and I hate that they're not... I love the movie. I hate that those songs aren't in it. One day I'll play Mushnik. One day I'll show that drama teacher at school that I can be more than Wino one <laughs> just just sitting up every now and then in Skid Row going, then you go. And he's supposed to have a deep voice. Do I sound like I can do the deep fucking voice of then you go in Skid Row? No. Then Mrs. You go, Tamley, you Tanley, go, whatever you were called. You go, can't even remember go. can't even remember my drama teacher's name. That's how little she means to me. How dare <gasps> Oh my goodness, she might be go. listening right now and now she's horrendously upset. <laughs> no. You've just ruined her day, Jim. Look where Fuck I you. am now. Look where I am now, number two boggling boy after Albert Wesker. So, so there, Mrs. Hey, I will always be number one boggling boy in my heart, Jim. Yeah, thank you. You know, so, at some yeah, at we... some point, I'm guessing we should probably talk about video games. Oh shit! Yeah, we, we, <laughs> I, I was about to say, like, how long have we been doing the show 20, today? We're what, like tw- we're t- twenty-five minutes in. <laughs> We've managed to talk about Boglins, New York, back pain, weight loss, gel, masturbation, mushnik, and no video games. Titanfall 2 is pretty good. You know why we've not talked about any video games? It's because it's five in the morning for me and I'm too tired to be like, you know, ah, let's do the video games. You do normally corral track. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm too tired to corral you. I'm like, uh, fine, tie yourself out, kids. It's fine. <laughs> the chickens are running the coop today. Um, <laughs> right, right. Let's let's I get think, on I think track. I no more wanking and little shop of horrors, Jim. This week, I think so. Mm. Yeah. Um. I mean, I've played another one, which I don't think you'd have played. I can't. Somehow, I can't see you playing World of Final Fantasy. Did no. you play World of Final I Fantasy? Played, I played some of that World oh, of Final Fantasy. Oh, we're talking about Fantasy. World of Final Fantasy, but let's talk about... Um, I would rather, as I said at this Game yeah. Expo, I would rather my girlfriend walked in on me watching someone anal fisting a donkey than watching one of the cutscenes in Final Fantasy. <laughs> it is difficult. Sometimes um, my wife's there. She She's not a fan of, of that style. Um, and this one's especially egregious because there's a character that interjects the word the at random points in sentences with a really stupid fucking Final Fantasy voice. So it's like, oh you've, my God. you've the got to save the, the world. Uh-huh. Before, now just slap the, the prism in the prismatic thing and get 
the the mirage, and then the, you can do the good thing. The I am the helper of the quest that the person is on in the. I'm trying to put that in the wrong place, but I'm not fucking That's doing it, it right. Yeah, like I'm you've too got fucking diet. It's so bad because it's it's so jarring because yeah. it's hard to do yourself. Like you've got to actively stop and plan out like. How do you incorrectly insert the yeah. word the? Like you can't do it like which accidentally. Means, which means that character, because it's so hard to do naturally, that character spent years practicing it as an affectation, like Tim Minchin not wearing shoes on stage. That it takes years to do the practice. Yeah, pretentious yeah. bullshit. And I like what I'm saying so much. I'm going to remember it for a nitpick theater that I might do this afternoon because I, ooh. Fuck Nick Pitt Theatre, this, this is good enough for a gym, a whole gymquisition on this fucking fox, right? Just stop doing what you think are cute mascots, because they're not. Focus tests might tell you they're cute, they're fucking annoying. <laughs> I might put the original Japanese voice over on. I, I, I got the limited edition because it was the same price as a regular one, and it's got the Japanese voice pack on it, and I might just put that on. I can't hear that fucking fox anymore. Oh yeah, that's so my review of World, Final World of Final Fantasy is basically like, hey, Final Fantasy, but we're for some reason making you like stack your characters up as a totem pole, and I'm not quite sure why. Yeah, it's like Pokemon, but and but Final Fantasy, and also you are like holding chocobos on your head for a tactical advantage. It's full of concepts, and the tutorials don't stop Chocomon. for hours. Chocomon. Oh, that's actually. Oh god, that's Ooh, actually. That yeah. like of something a, very different. Yeah. <laughs> Chocoman. <laughs> the um the tutorials Gotta go on forever, but all. they never really tell you anything. Like, there are so many aspects of the of the combat system and the the gameplay mechanics that are somehow not explained to you, even with the ridiculously lengthy tutorial. Yeah, and the 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 annoying thing is, it's not actually that complicated it's an active time battle system with pokemon mechanics and a progression system similar to the the spheres the grid from final fantasy 10 it's all existing concepts but they've given it a bunch of their normal fucking pretentious final fantasy names all this Mm. imprism and all this shit actually imprism wasn't bad at least that was a pun but all the other shit prismarium and all this Bollocks. Oh god. I can't stand yeah, like, Final I, Fantasy naming conventions. The, the the stupidly lengthy tutorial in this game could basically be summed up as if you stack all of your little Pokemon on top of each other, they will be stronger. But the taller you make that stack, the more likely they are to accidentally be knocked over. So maybe don't stack them too high. Like they really like, they really could explain it without all the fucking you could, bullshit you could just languages. Be like, yeah. It's like here, there's there's that that, that central mechanic. Go out and do a real-time battle system. God, I'm so... I Oh, old Final Fantasy. Latter-day Final Fantasy frustration. It wasn't so bad in the old days. Yeah, I was going to say... At least the bollocks then made a the sort of sense. On, on that is before everyone starts screaming at me in the comments, I, I loved the cutscenes in Final Fantasy VII, so, so don't shout at me. Seven was, just, was good. Just the, Eight the was good. Ones. Nine was fantastic. Oh. I'm glad. Fi- I'm glad Square Enix is sort of ashamed of nine. At least they seem to be, because yeah. at least that means they don't fuck with it like they constantly do with seven. Nine was fan- Nine was the best one. Easy. That's My badge of thing, disgrace actually, will- is that I still enjoy Final Fantasy thirteen. I still think that that is a wonderful game. I wonder I don't know. will seven be um, the remake they're doing? Will it be ruined by having voice actors? Oh yeah, they're gonna make it complete bollocks. Don't no doubt about it. 
<laughs> Sorry, that, that sounded so harsh and judgmental. It might be good, but I, I do have that fear that they're going to find annoying voices and they're going to recharacterize things. Like the Reno and Rude in Final Fantasy Advent Children, for example, is not the same Reno and Rude you see in Final Fantasy VII. In fact, none of the characters are really the same in Advent Children as they are in Seven. They end up... they got to make everything more serious and moody and... Ugh. And that's my big fear, is everything's going to be all because Final Fantasy well, can't just be fun anymore. I'm hoping that like, the lessons they've learned from Final Fantasy XV will kind of offset some of that, because XV, so far from what I've seen, looks like it's going to be, hey, here's a somewhat light-hearted, silly, goofy boys road trip. Okay, see, and, that's, that's you know, good. So long as learn, it's, it's learn fun... Learn some of those lessons and like put the, yeah. apply that to Final Fantasy VII's voice acting, please. Fun and goofy, but without going so far that you've got a fucking fox that interjects the word the... I want to smash that fox's head in with a brick. And I'm not even joking about that. <laughs> like, I, I want like a lengthy, detailed, graphic visual of me stoving that fucking fox's head in with a brick or a, a, a like a, a long rod. I'm not going to blame you for doing that. I think that is a perfectly reasonable um, response to this fucking game. Fuck all that shit. G- G- Gav, what, what, what one of the two games you played that you want to talk about right now? Um, oh, well, either of them. I mean, I yeah, well, played... choose one. I gave you a I choice, played, man. I played Titanfall 2, uh, which mm-hmm. I've only tried the campaign so far, but holy shit, it's really, really good. Well, you, that surprised me. Like, it's... Yeah. it's Way yeah. better than for for a series that begun thinking campaigns were completely non-essential, they pushed the boat out because there's gameplay in there it, that doesn't make it into the multiplayer. It's not just a, yeah. a cheap facsimile of multiplayer. It's a campaign and a well-designed one. Yeah, for me, it I felt would like certainly someone... say it's it's sorry, it's my favorite. Oh, sorry, I would certainly say it's my favorite single-player campaign in a shooter, at least in this generation so far. If not for a few years before, like the last generation ended mm-hmm. i think really like good. the last time i enjoyed a first person shooter um actually no yeah that wasn't even a first person shooter the other one so yeah this is the first one i've the one i've enjoyed most in years it feels like I mean, somebody like rise. got a pot and threw in like the early halo games with like prince of persia sands of time and sonic the hedgehog and like mm. stirred them all up into just something really awesome and, and then for a couple of levels, threw in time travel, because why the f- And really good time travel, because it wasn't just like rewind time. It was you are switching between two different time periods and you stay in the same location and you use it to avoid enemies and stuff. Like you travel to the past and it's full of soldiers and you press this button and you're suddenly in the future where they're long gone and mm. you move position and then go back to the past and they're all confused. They're like, where the fuck did he go? And they turn around and there you are. Uh, it's oh really my God. clever. On a purely I love visceral... having a big. Sorry, we're just talking. That's over all right. Each go on, again. go on, Gavin. <laughs> go on, Gavin. Just um, we'll leave it for Jim to fix this. On a very primal, visceral level, it's it's this. possibly the best feeling shooter I've ever played. Just to hold it mm-hmm. and control it, and the, from the sound of the guns to the way the HUD reacts when you get hits to the the control fluidity, and I don't know, there's something about it that just feels amazing to control and play and. The, the, the responsiveness oh is amazing. Yeah. It's... I love the level design, the way mm. they designed those levels. Because, again, they could have just threw you in big arenas and said, right, you're fighting in a war. 
it's yeah. basically teaching you how to play multiplayer. But there are like levels where the, the, my favorite level is one where it's like this: they're building almost like entire worlds in a mm. big factory. And these panels are shifting and twisting constantly and houses are being thrust onto these panels and fake grass and fake people. And it's just this whole weird little settlement that they're prefabricating to sell, I guess. And while it's all being built, you're running and jumping and wall running and parkouring all over this stuff, trying not to fall down into the oblivion below. And it's so fucking well done. It's mm. it's incredible. It's a fucking uh, travesty that this game got released the, the time it did. Yeah, and Being also yeah, the completely like, buried underneath all the releasing, other big shooters. And, yeah. yeah, I think re- releasing it a week after Battlefield 1 feels like a really big mistake. Yeah. And hearing how few people are playing this game online, I really fear that it's going to suffer the same fate that the first game did. Because apparently, like, on PC, it's got maybe 10,000 concurrent players at a time, which mm. is... Not a good sign it's on not opening what, week. There's, there's twice that many shooter. playing a remaster of a five-year-old game. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's it, so it sucks because it's su- it's such a good game. Like my review went up just before we recorded. Nine. I gave it nine point five out of ten, and that's regardless of mm. any personal animosity I may have towards EA. Um, you know, I have to look past all of that and just say like. I don't know why they were scared of me having this game. This game is kind of everything I like. It's it's except for the the fact that you you know there's no real classes in the multiplayer, so I can't be a healer, which is my normal thing. That one thing aside, like this is so everything I like in a shooter, and they've yeah. they've done such a good job, and it suffered. It suffered because of its release date. I think that's a big part of it. I think this would have been a better summer spring, game, maybe yeah, uh, spring, spring or summer. Or summer yeah. um, Calling it the fact it's Titanfall two and not Titanfall one, when as far as I'm concerned, the real the real Titanfall Souls starts here. Mm. Uh, because that's the great the, the great thing about game. the story is it um it does feel like the first yes it, it feels it like does. the origin yeah. story for like well at least for the character. One thing I didn't like in the story so far though, and I'm only a couple of hours in. This is something I can't stand when video games have this awful habit of introducing the bad guy as this three or four letter acronym. What is it? The ICM. Oh, we fight the ICM. Uh, They're so bad. They never even tell you what the acronym stands for or what they are or what they they, do. It's their military and their corporate, so they're bad. And they have an acronym. Yeah. Well, they make up for that that because the ICM in this aren't... They're not the front-facing bad guy. You, you're dealing with the mercenaries the ICM hired, and they do have personality, and they're, they're like the marauders, and they're introduced... Every time you fight them in a boss, they're introduced a bit like Borderlands bosses. Like, yeah. their name flashes up, and they do a little pose and everything. And they're really good. And that's one criticism I have of the campaign, is all of those characters are, inc- like, really well done, and they're really fun. They're, they're a bit two-dimensional you know but they're just fun and they get a criminal lack of screen time like the sadistic robot Mm, woman yeah she deserved more time richter who's basically an arnold schwarzenegger piss take see you at the party richter yeah i i did (laughs) laugh at the um the uh trophy for that slash achievement um (laughs) what else is there i think kane the, the, the junkie first guy you fight who's sort of that stereotypical uh 
you know, drug shooting maniac kind of guy. All of them, I think, could have been principal villains in their own game, um, but they only get like these little moments of glory in the campaign. And, but and, they're all really good. And BT the Titan has a lot of characters, well, a lot of personality. He's fun. Yeah, yeah. my only issue there oh. is him and Cooper, who's the main pilot. Their relationship is older than Flight of the Navigator in terms of stereotypical man and machine relationships. And it gets very predictable and trite. Yeah, it is predictable, but I still suspect that I'm going to have a better time with that particular relationship than, say, the child and the bird beast in The Last Guardian. Maybe so. (laughs) Like... I think I'm probably going to have a better time like being like, oh yeah, I, you're a big doofy alien you, uh, robot thing. You seem lovely. It is fun. Like it does the, sound um, a bit like Optimus Prime, even though it's not the right, it's not the same voice the, actor. Yeah. I like the winding. Um, I, now, like I said, I'm not very far in, but I like how the level designs are kind of winding back around into themselves. In an mm-hmm. almost, I, I hesitate to say it, but in an almost Dark Souls-esque, albeit on a much smaller scale. Would you say this is the yeah. Dark Souls of shooters, Gavin? No. How dare you <laughs> compare Dark Souls to a shooter? Yeah, is but that, no, is that the game criticism this, like... pirate there? Just, I can't believe you'd compare it to Dark Souls. Oh, how, how dare you? Anyway. How dare you? Just seriously, yeah, yeah what were you thinking with the release date? Really, well, yeah. I, I and not giving me a copy to review. Trying to yeah. do that a would have got the sales. Eliminate Call of Duty, but I just, yeah. you know, it's the, funny though. The they actually restricted date, like, review copies, not just for me, but for a lot of outlets. I heard um, only a few yeah. got it, and I'm, I, I, I can't. Not that I think reviews sell games particularly. Um, I, I agree that they are, like, I view them as just. Uh, uh, an artistic expression medium more than c- customer facing stuff i do them for joy uh, more than anything else um but i do find it funny that they restricted reviews and it's like well that didn't help did it that didn't help yeah, pa well, particularly with a game like this where the, uh, the, so the first game in the series didn't come out on some platforms like it feels like a game where reviews are somewhat important because people want to know hey I'm a PlayStation gamer. If I jump into this, will I know what's going on? Like, there are legitimate reasons why you'd want reviews for this game. It feels super odd that it's this good and that yeah. they were like res- that they were that reluctant to give code out to people. Yeah, I, d- I really think in several glaring, I might have to make this a video, but I I really do think they fucked up in several glaring areas yeah. with this game. Um, not the game itself. The game itself, like I said, fucking nine point five. Like that is. Uh, you know, by my standard, it's going to be another bullet storm, good. isn't it? Uh, quite possibly. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. A great game. That um, just one of the. Got, I don't know. Yeah. Not. not I think really one the thing we talked about. Have. One thing we talked about the other week that I think is really relevant to this is for all the people that were complaining that Red Dead Two shouldn't have been called Red Dead Two. I think Titanfall 2 being called Titanfall 2 was a much bigger mistake mm-hmm. just because of mm-hmm. the fact that like you're trying to get people in afresh and say like no this is a new a new start for this series it is much bigger much better it is like somewhere you can jump in and this be your first Titanfall yeah. and that's okay. Let's face and it I think it's if, not like if, the first if, Titanfall yeah. was such yeah. a big seller that you'd need to trade on its IP. I mm. have just exactly. fucking called it something completely bloody different at this point. Someone, Either someone call asked it something me. completely different or give it a subtitle yeah. rather than giving it Titanfall call, 2. Call it I Titan, think that would have been... Titanfalling. Or Titanfall yeah, 2, like, Titanfaller. Call, 
Someone asked yeah. me on Twitter Calling it Titanfall 2 was a big oh, I mistake, I can't I think. get in a word today, guys. <laughs> no, I, Gavin, you can't get in a word. I didn't speak for 20 bloody it's minutes a minute ago. It's very difficult. I apologize to the listeners. Um, okay, uh, I might have to referee this. Uh, that's what we're going to do. Right, go, I'm going to referee right. this. Or, or you could just bloody edit the show, Jim. I'm not doing that. What the hell do you think I am? Go on, um, go right. on Gav. Gav, Someone you asked me will on go on my first whistle. Laura, you will go on my second whistle. That was a reference to the English Gladiators show. Gavin, please continue. <clears throat> Someone asked me on Twitter today, did they need to play the first Titanfall in order to uh, understand the story in two? And the fact that this needs to be asked by people shows what a bad job yeah. that they've mm-hmm. done communicating what it is. If yeah, you get me. Yeah. yeah. They were very tight really and have. foolish with uh, this particular oh, game. If I do do a juxtaposition on it, that's going to be the <laughs> they title. Titan foolish. They did. They titan <laughs> fucked it. And that's going to be the title yeah. of today's podcast. I don't I don't want Titanfall <laughs> to be a Titan fail. I want it to be a Titan... Titan... Titan fantastic? Fo- titan... Help titan, me out here. Yeah, because I was going to say Titan flop, but that would be the same titan as Titan flop, fail. Oh, yeah. I hate this because sometimes I, when I do puns in review headlines, I normally have a great one for the opposite of what I want. Like if a game's yeah. really good, the only puns I can think of would be if it were bad. It's so and much easier to think of nasty ones. Yeah. Titan. Yeah. Titan. Which basically sums Ti- up the Titan entire Titan Twitter fantastic. experience. <laughs> it's so I much want it to give me Titan balls. That's the best I, I want it to. It, it feels like it knitted me a nice Titan shawl. <laughs> <laughs> I am clearly fucking tired today. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Uh, so that's Titanfall out of the way. Uh, multiplayer, yeah. by the way, because um, uh, I, I have played a, a good chunk of that. Um, really good. It's got some changes yeah. from the first one, but no one will know because no one played it more than a week. Um, mm. uh, but but it's got some improvements. It's got some really nice ways of hooking players in. Um, it's stingy with its in-game currency, and I still don't know if microtransactions are coming. Some sources confirm it. Some sources deny it. So I don't know if that's happening, but the currency you get is really badly, stingily given to you. But... The unlocks themselves are actually liberal and given to you quite generously, so it doesn't matter too much. Like, even after a little bit of playing, I'm upgrading guns and getting skins and all this kind of mm. stuff. So it's it's not bad. And the gameplay itself is, I mean, it's Titanfall, but more so, and that's yeah. fine by me. Um, you know, I thought the first one was great for that week everyone was playing it, or, you know, yeah. some people were playing and- it. I just really hope that this one doesn't befall the same fate, but unfortunately it seems like it's going to. Like, if you look at the the numbers of people playing on PC and on each console, it's already concerning. Like, there have been people on Reddit and things being like, oh, living in this region, like, I tried to play this game mode and couldn't find a match because there was no one in my uh, region not, playing at the same time as me. heartbreaking for, like, the people who worked on it, that they yeah. made something so good. That's been crucified well, I, by a, a time release. Yeah, and yeah, the worst yeah. part is the series was so hilariously overhyped that as tragic as it is, and as much as I love Titanfall and would love to see it go on and become a, a, a good, successful thing, and as much as my heart breaks for it, 
every time I think about the phrase believe the hype, IGN, I laugh at the game not doing very well. And that's horrible. I know it's horrible. Mm. But because it was so indicative of the problem with hype culture and the bleed over that you sometimes get between games press and games publishing, um, you know, to a, to an alarming degree sometimes, like the amount of shit that went out about the first Titanfall, all this bro, have you seen it though? Have you seen like, like games journalists whipping themselves and each other up into this like embarrassing frenzy about it. Um, it makes the whole thing, it gives it this, tragic comedic irony and i hate feeling like a monster for acknowledging that um but the hype culture that surrounded titanfall 2 stands like in opposition of everything i believe in in the game industry uh to make it sound way more dramatic than it actually is um so it's almost it's this horrible sick justice and it shouldn't be it's like the whole battleborn thing where Gearbox had that massive failure, but for the totally wrong game. Because um, Aliens Colonial Marines did really well, and Battleborn, the game they actually put effort into, flopped. And this is... Oh, it confuses me. Do you know it's a strange me. one? I've actually had more requests for a Titanfall song than I did for Battlefield, even though Battlefield sold, like, way more. It's just a strange think, phenomenon I've noticed. I think um, Battlefield is... Probably just just because it appeals to a wider amount of people, and because it's based in World War One, um, and the other ones, you know, based in you know just war. Here is a war. Uh, there's not much really to get into from a law perspective, from a a real fandom, from a, basically from a I want to hear a song perspective. Whereas the people who'd get into Titanfall, see, I would think the there are characters there. There are. World War One for me was a much more interesting topic to tackle than ninety percent of game stories. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, for I, I think for you as an artist, but I would say for video game fans, yeah. um, they're probably much more interested in hearing a song about a fictitious a world robot. that yeah. they get into, um, you know, some big rich sci-fi universe uh, than they would World War One, which you know some people may find dull. Um, you know, I, I find it grimly fascinating, World War One. But uh, mm. I don't even know if I would ask you to make it... If I were in the habit of, of asking people to do songs um, of games, uh, I, I I don't think I'd ask for a Battlefield 1 myself. And I, I loved Battlefield 1. Did you hear, did you hear the Battlefield song I did? Uh, not yet, no, no. It um, was a really tough one to match, like, to try and get a World War One because it's a World War One song. If you get me, it's it's yes. you could never yes. play Battlefield One and still know what the song's about. But it was hard to do that while also trying to match the tone of the game a little bit because the game had a bit of a brighter tone than it maybe could have had. It, with it World was War more celebratory mm. of yeah. of the heroes who fought in it. So yeah. they didn't really focus too much on all the shittiness that yeah. was World War One because they were. They were trying to big up the people who did fight rather than look at the war as a whole thing and say, this is really awful. Uh, Which they had a bit of, but they were more um, stoic in that. They were more Mm. distant in that. I wish there had been a longer version of the people who died. The tutorial 
that real yeah. horrific yeah like there's oppressed. there's no bit where they stop for half an hour to be like this guy's just crying in a corner because of trench foot or something yeah. like it's they skip over a lot of that stuff and they're just like yeah these yeah, are the people that, that fought on the front lines and I, I, honestly well, yeah just for gameplay reasons as someone who liked the game a lot and enjoyed those stories i can also understand why people who were looking for a more authentic World War One experience were disappointed. I can understand that. But yeah. Well, I would just say I, if you I, want I an authentic World War One experience, you're not going to get it from uh, pretty much any big budget mass marketed game. Yeah. Um, there was this mm. game I played once, and it was it was just in a browser. It was some um, experimental art indie game, and it was you know it's what people would these days call a walking simulator, and I can't remember the name of it. Um, I'm sure it's it, it's it's got to be jogging the memory of someone listening, um, but you were just walking around in a World War One um, sort of battlefield, um, as in the term battlefield, not the game. Um, you know, you're walking around just these this this World War One environment, and it's characters are not very detailed. It's all polygonal and and everything and and grey, and it's not pretty looking at all but there's just something just cold about it that mm. i found very affecting it's just incredibly cold and and, and distant and I, melancholic i still feel like uh, valiant hearts did a really good job with world mm. war one and being sort of yeah. like here are three or four short stories of just sort of the personal impact that that war had on the kinds of people from different places in europe the trailer still makes me cry as well the trailer is still oh gosh yeah like there's something like even now thinking about it i get a little bit of a chill like it it was one of the best trailers for a game i've ever seen and the game itself never quite matches how evocative that trailer is but it is still incredibly evocative and the ending um especially just the the way the thing that happens to the, the the hero in the final story and why it's happening is just really really sad, and it's it's a beautiful game. And if you've not played Valiant Hearts, I would highly recommend it. I'm all sad. Yeah, I'm so sad now. <laughs> Shoot. Yay! Happy now, time. Uh, have we have we played any other games this week, or well, is both, that that say, about it for video the games? Skyrim remaster. Oh yes. Oh um, yeah, I played a little bit of that. It's, it's the exact same game, so you know what you're it's, getting. But it's yeah, vi- visually. It is Skyrim. Oh yeah. Do you want to go ahead, Laura, and I can go in oh. after? Oh, I'll go very quickly then. Um, yeah, it is pretty much more Skyrim. Um, the textures and things are clearly the same textures upresed. I think the biggest difference visually is clearly like the lighting effects, which I didn't realize how updating the the lighting effects would make such a big difference to how that game looks. Yeah. The big issue you're going to have is a bunch of mods don't work for this new version. And if you've used mods on the previous version, your save might not carry over. So it's basically, hey. A bunch of mods don't work yet, but most of the the essential ones will eventually. Yeah, and that's the hope. But like for now, it's a case of, are you okay with the idea of um, putting your current mods aside and starting afresh? Because if so... There's some really nice lighting effects built into this, and particularly if you're playing on console, it's night and day to the previous console yeah. versions of this game. And you know, it's me- maybe not it's maybe not as necessary for PC people, but it's it is beautiful if you're on console. For PC people, I would I would say visually, I put it about on par with um middle mid to mid high level mods, I would say, and 
it's definitely it's nice for me because I like seeing the visual upgrade, but with the vanilla flavor, because I find a lot of mods yeah. tend to change, like especially with texture mods and things, they tend to change a lot of the feel of the game that I was so used to. And and, and for me, those little things, I, they're neurotically important to me is that it retains yeah. the feel of the original. And I feel that's why it's nice to play this in looking prettier yeah, but there with is... Bethesda's vision. You know? Yeah, there is something really nice about going back to vanilla Skyrim after so long and being like, oh yeah, this is what the base game was kind yeah. of like. And it's easy to forget how much of what I associate with my Skyrim experience is based on mods that I played on PC. Yeah, except for the menu UI, because I hope the Sky UI comes out soon for it, because the, <laughs> the, the vanilla <laughs> one is, is herpes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I I was given a Bethesda actually did give review copies out as promised. It was like a day before, which means I didn't really get to play it until the day of after it downloaded. Um, but I did get a review copy for the PS4, so that was fun. So I've been enjoying such mods as is this the, um, the merchants have a bit more gold, or Jim, such what... mods as here are some lamp posts on the road. What's the frame rate on the PS4? Mm-hmm. It's a dirty 30, my Ugh. friend. Ugh. Cinematic. It's a dirty 30. Sky Rabbit 30 FPS. The more gold for merchants to be fixed is by essential. Mods. That is what essential <laughs> fucking mod. Yeah, but. it's. Uh, I, I didn't give it. I gave it a. a just because it's Skyrim, and I do love Skyrim, I didn't give it a terrible score. I, it's got like a 7, 7.5, I think, on in the review I gave it. Um, but it would have been more. But it is the PS4 version, and from now on, as we've learned, PS4 versions of Bethesda games, unlike how they were inferior before, like on the PS3 where they were just shitty, um, now they are ju- they are incomplete as far as I'm concerned. It's like, yeah, Sony has allowed mods, but only using in-game assets. So when the game mm. launched, you had like a hundred, like I think it was like 119, 118 mods on the Xbox One available and little under 40 available on the PS4 and you can see the difference, like you know, I, I tried uh, Xbox One mods with Fallout 4 see what that was like, mm. and comparing that to the, just the pathetic offering that that's on skyrim yeah. on ps4 like the modders are doing their best bless their hearts people are doing some decent things you know mm. it's nice that i can get a mod that gives merchants more gold because i fucking hate them having like 200 gold when <laughs> yeah. i've got no, that, a that load mod of dragon literally is like the first thing everyone should install yeah after playing the but that's all you get on the PS4. It's like some of the bare bones stuff. It's not you're never going to get Jason Voorhees running around. But you know, some of the bare bones stuff, stuff is some of the stuff that is makes the best quality changes to your game. Oh, I mean, definitely, <laughs> I will definitely say the the there are some essential mods on the PS4 um, version, definitely. But yeah. there's just not going to be the same kind of fun experimentation and the just. The selection and the choice that you get yeah. on Xbox One, and obviously you get even more on PC. So, you know, PS4 Bethesda games from now on are basically clinically proven to be the lowest of the low. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, I it's, um, it's you. You go ahead, Laura. I'll chip in after. No, it's okay. You go, Gav. You sure. Yeah. Um, I was just like Skyrim. 
especially judging by Twitter reaction, although it's kind of Twitter to reaction to anything I like these days, but people get really annoyed that, that you like Skyrim. And what I try to say is, yes, in a post-Witcher world, Skyrim flaws do become ever more glaring but yeah. for me they, like they were different games skyrim's like a comfort blanket to me i mean it, mm-hmm. yeah it's it's old and it it's kind of there's holes in it everywhere and it's coming apart <laughs> at the seams but it's lovely to just wrap myself up in it and this it is... makes me feel happy that's yeah, the exact nothing... analogy i wrote in my review oh I really it to a, i compared <laughs> it to a pair of cum stained old sweatpants oh well it's slightly different <laughs> <laughs> Same, yeah. different same. Your heart was in the same yeah. place, same. both yeah, of the, you, I think. Yeah, <laughs> similar motives, different it's, metaphors. It's, it's a nice, like, there's nothing surprising about it. You can just sort of go back to it. It's like, I know exactly what to expect. I can have a nice relax and everything will be perfect. Plus, it's a very... I'm just sad one of the voice actors is dead, and I'm reminded because he voices so many characters in Skyrim. Oh, and he also voiced Wodehouse in Archer. Uh, Archer just being oh, a supremely who did, who did, funny um, show. Who did he do in Skyrim? Uh, I can't remember the the actor's name, but he's several characters. He is the um, say so he's the beardy guy at the Mage's College who you first meet and teaches you, like makes you do the oh, shields, yeah, the yeah. the Mage Shield thing. Oh. Um, he plays various old man characters in it, and every time I hear him, I just think, oh, no more Wodehouse because he's fucking phenomenal in Archer. It's going yeah, to be an yeah. itchy weekend, sir. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's a shame because he's a great. He's part of what I enjoyed a lot about Skyrim. I did a video series on my channel for a while, a couple of years back, called Skyrim by Committee, where people would decide where my perk points and my um, my attribute points went. And made a really weird character, uh, and for some reason, a running joke was just me sexually objectifying the old dude at the Mages College um, and trying to hit on him. Uh, and and it just sucks because because the voice actor's dead now and I got a a real fondness for him and and everything so Aww. and now I'm sad again we're for fucking World War One and then I got sad and now final, Skyrim made me sad final word on on Skyrim that I wanted to say is that like sometimes it's hard for people to understand that people like games for different reasons and yes. Mm. I am completely aware, and this also goes for Fallout 3, which is like my favorite game ever, that these games have huge mechanical flaws and things that are done better in other games, but they're just worlds that I like to exist in. They're just very beautiful worlds to wander around and exist Mm. in. And for me, sometimes that's all I want from a game is somewhere that's pretty that I can wander around. There are parts of Skyrim that feel like a home away from home to me. Like, I spent so long there. Like, I can go to the, the, the Mage's College and it just feels so familiar. I can mm-hmm. go to Fulcreath and it just feels good to be there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, The Witcher 3 is better in several regards. Um, I don't personally think it's a better product, a better experience. I, it's better made. Witcher 3 is way better made. And it has some, mm. it has various features that are far superior. But for me personally, and it is just personally... Skyrim is still one of the pinnacles of of the Western RPG to me, just because of that familiarity, that the way it makes you feel like you're like you belong there, mm-hmm. and that's not something I quite ever got out of the Witcher series. And that's not to say I think Witcher Three is bad. I think it's a great game, but, but it's, it, yeah, I and just, it's, it's Geralt's story, not yours. 
Yeah. And I think both yeah. of these games deserve better yeah. than to be used to browbeat people around the head yeah, for so. liking something. The Witcher 3 deserves more respect than for you to just use it to hit someone who liked Skyrim. Yeah, exactly. Like, like have more respect for your fucking game that you like than that. Yeah, yeah to me, like, wow. to yeah. me, Witcher, Witcher 3 is, like, without a doubt for me, the game of this generation. But last gen for me, it it was like probably Skyrim and Fallout Three were my two, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, like those those have never been the games that I've been like super excited about when they come out. Yeah. But they're the kind of things that I will come back to like months down the line, and I'll put like five or six hours in in an afternoon, mm-hmm. and it's just. It's nice to have a game where you're not going after anything particular and it's just go explore, see what you find, go on a bit of an adventure and then you can jump in and out of it sort of as and when. And I really like being able to do that with Skyrim. So hooray, thank you for giving me another excuse to go touch Skyrim. Yeah, I've been balls deep in it this week because I'm capturing footage for a music video and it's just so nice being back in that world. And I forgot how, how huge the scale of Skyrim is. It makes Fallout oh, God, 4, yeah. by comparison, feel very small. Yeah, that said, though, yeah. um, it's been five years, Bethesda. You could have fixed some bugs, yeah? yeah. Just a couple. Just yeah. a couple of, like, the like, really big ones. Well, even more than that, like, there's so many of the the mods for that game in the years since that people consider, like, these are essential parts of the experience. I'm amazed that they didn't take at least a few of those and say hey can we try and learn from what these mods did considering bethesda have had accusations of stealing mods in the past you could have stole a few mods to make your game better bethesda i mean i've heard some things about the qa process for skyrim that i'm looking into right now and i'm trying to get some official comments and some not so official comments and it doesn't paint a great picture i'll say that much yeah it just i get the the real impression that when it came to fixing old bugs they could not be asked Hmm. so on top of all this stuff of like the games we've played this week do we want to talk a bit about some newsy things that happened Uh, this week yeah Yeah, let's 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 quickly knock a little news out why not so there's a couple of fun little bits that happened this week so um my favorite bit of like video game stuff leaked because someone did a stupid thing mm. we now know what the next tomb raider game is going to be called because someone accidentally opened a confidential design document while sat on the train and some neogaf person just took a picture with their phone and was like hey so this is the next tomb raider all right then yeah <laughs> that's that's a thing that are like you, i love when shit like this happens where someone accidentally <laughs> it, yeah if, if if you want to know it's what called, it's called you're fired it's, uh, <laughs> no it's it's oh well that's cruel. <laughs> i'm sorry yeah. i hope no one got it's, fired it's a tough job market uh, yeah it's apparently it's going to be called shadow of the tomb raider um so like oh because she rose up is, so she's above us all and now yeah it, it's all dark we're underneath living her. in her shadow now yeah so like Get or it's, about it's this the darkness that's apparently... following her because of her chosen way of life. Something like that, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll have some like deep, meaningful trailer where it's like, "Oh, here's what we meant by Shadow of the Tomb Raider." But um, yeah, apparently, like a few sites have been hearing this name going around for a while, and when this image surfaced, they were like, "Yeah, this is what we've been hearing. It's going to be called Shadow of the Tomb Raider." So apparently, that's the next one, yeah. and it's being. I'm happy. I'm yeah, happy so that that's... exists. I really enjoyed the previous two. So it. 
it's it's a better name than Rise of the Tomb Raider because she already rose in the first game. The first game the was about her rise one, to being it? the. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was about her rise to being the Tomb Raider. It should have been Rise that of the Tomb Raider. The second one was the more. Like... Then it should have been Tomb Raider. Then the other one should have been um, the first Tomb Raider Rises. The first real kind of normal <laughs> adventure of the Tomb Raider when she's already the yeah, Tomb Raider. So, Tomb Raider, like. This makes more na- uh, more sense as a name for a sequel than uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider did, so I'll give it that. But hooray for people accidentally opening stuff that's under NDA while they're on the train and not looking out for people with phones like stuck in front of their screens. Um, so I'm being uh, unprofessional have... at the moment and just responding to people saying stupid things in review comments. Oh yeah, go right ahead. That's that's you know it's a thing that needs to be done. Sorry, um, give Laura a chance to talk. Other... Um, Other stuff we had happen this week. Apparently, according to Nintendo, the Nintendo Switch is not going to replace the 3DS. I do not believe that in the slightest. They've said this, and this is what I keep having to remind people, just like that big third-party list that people keep, like, talking about saying oh my god it's got all these third parties so did the wii u son like the wii u had a whole <laughs> bunch of third parties on board Ooh, and the fucking um this 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 bit of news that i just forgot halfway through my sentence because that's the kind uh, the, of brain i have the 3ds the replacement 3D, yes. 3ds not going yeah. away yeah they said this again oh the wii u is not a replacement for the wii like everything they ever bring out is not a replacement for something yeah. and it always well, is the thing that, like, it's screaming to me is the way that they released the DS originally, where they were like, no, it's a third pillar, it's not replacing either of the previous things, until it sells well, and then it will replace yeah. them. Like, and I think that's the thing, is like, it's not a 3DS replacement until, like, the first three month sales are spectacular, and then very suddenly the 3DS is gonna die. I think the Switch will actually sell really well. I think, I have a feeling that it's gonna be Nintendo's year. I think they've clearly communicated well what it is, what it does, and they've a new Zelda game. I think I think they're on a good track. Yeah. They're just gonna have to keep I think, keep it momentum going. I think they're in the position now where they realise like they fucked up, they need to like hey, let's not rest on the laurels of the Wii and let's like put some effort into something that we think the market might actually want. And I really hope it it pans out well for them. But uh, yeah, I don't believe them in the slightest when they say that this won't replace the 3DS. I think that is their hedging their bet statement until they know that the Switch is selling okay. Mm. And as soon as the Switch is selling okay, the 3DS is gone. Well, I'm I'm going to be getting it just to play Zelda on it because yeah, you know I like the thought of being able to take Zelda with me on the go. So that's probably where I'll play and, it. And um, that's one of those like that's one of those once in a not even once in a generation, but once in every maybe two generations, judging by Nintendo. It's one of those very <laughs> rare times that it's going to be the game that everyone's, yeah. you know, it's going to be the Destiny, it's going to be the Pokemon, it's going to be the game that everyone's talking about. I, I really hope so. Um, so we, we had a couple not. of other little bits from... Maybe not, who knows? Uh, maybe it'll yeah, I. <laughs> I hope I hope it does. I hope it does well. Um we had a couple of other little bits of Nintendo news. Um so Pokemon Go that like no one's playing anymore. They did a Halloween update last week and apparently like that very tiny thing where they were like, "Hey, there's a bunch of ghosts because it's Halloween" was enough to bring it right back up to being the number one grossing mobile app. So it seems like 
feed Pokemon Go people like a little tiny breadcrumb and they will come back to that game, I guess. By the way, on the topic I mean, of we'll Halloween, how long that works long term. to that person who asked yeah. Nora and myself on Twitter, yes, we do have Halloween in Ireland. We also have <laughs> uh, acquired electricity and we, <gasps> we've acquired language and books and we've even got this new thing now called the internet. Oh my they goodness, do, you've got the internet now. They do still believe that cameras steal their souls, though, over there. So don't go yeah. taking photographs. And and, and also, <laughs> um, you know, cliches aside, though, I sometimes feel like, judging by my internet, that we actually do power stuff with potatoes. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think the last bit of Nintendo news this week that surpri- should surprise absolutely no one you know Mitomo, that that Nintendo iOS game Mitomo. that wasn't Pokemon Go. Yeah, it was okay it for made, a minute. Yeah, it made almost absolutely zero money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it like, was a flash in the pan. It did not make anything. Well, it was a flash in the pan that didn't last, but on top of that, there was nothing to really push people to monetize no. monetization. No, like, the joy of it the... was like saying the most fucked up <clears throat> things possible and hearing the characters say it which you can yeah, do almost in you could do that for free you do that in tomodachi life as well and on text-to-speech programs and and i had some yeah. fun doing that uh and in engaging in some of the social aspects of it with friends but i was over it in a couple of days if that that was such a funny one it yeah, was like exactly. for like one afternoon everyone on twitter was talking about it and then it just went completely dead the next day <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think for me, like looking, looking, looking at how financially viable Pokemon Go has been, I've put money into Pokemon Go. Like I put some money into it because I was like, I've played an absolute bunch of this and I am happy to put some money in so I can, you know, hatch more eggs at a time and things like that. And I've put the money in and I feel like I've got my return on that. I never once for a second considered spending any money on Mitomo. And like, I really hope that they learn lessons from that when it comes to their upcoming mobile releases that, you know, don't do not do Mitomo again. That's not how you make money. Shit, they're not the Marauders. I fucked up. The Marauders <laughs> were the fucking good guys in Titanfall 2. The Apex Predators were the bad mercenaries. Shit. Now I've got to edit that oh, in. No. I've been trying to limit the amount of you... rude typing I'm doing while we record. Cause again, you fucked up. Out. You fucked up. Oh, bad reviewer, right. bad at video games. Where are the ethics? Okay, let's get uh, rid of this. I and I think there's one other big bit of news that happened this week, which was the 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 very bizarre thing of did either of you see the the No Man's Sky tweet this week? <laughs> oh. Yes, I found it hilarious that the first bit of activity we've seen from Halo Games in months was them telling us that the activity we just saw wasn't them. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, the, for anyone who missed it, the No Man's Sky official Twitter account tweeted out, "No Man's Sky was a mistake," <laughs> with zero other context. And like, people were initially thinking, like, "Hey, so is this real? Is this fake?" And um, a couple of websites contacted Hello Games by via email and got emails back from Hello Games and from what appeared to be Sean Murray's email address, saying, "Yep." We fucked up. We did not create the game that we promised players, and it's been really tough living with what we did. And I can't do this anymore. We fucked up. I'm sorry. We we fucked up. So there was this weird moment where everyone was like, "So, 
so this is like Sean Murray's mental breakdown unfolding in front of us. And then suddenly we started getting told like, yeah, that we, we got hacked pretty severely. They got a hold of email accounts and there were conflicting reports, whether it was a disgruntled employee or whether they were hacked through LinkedIn or something. But yeah, it's very odd to be like, this is the first communication we've had about the state of No Man's Sky. And it was, No Man's Sky was a mistake. <laughs> Oop, no, we got you know, hacked. I, we didn't say that. Goodbye. I made a tweet saying I understood the fan disappointment with that game. Um, and of course, a Kotaku writer quoted me out of context to make it out like I was um, saying it's okay that they got death threats and stuff. Um, so just to clarify to everyone, no, I don't think it's okay they got death threats and abuse. No. I think that's completely unacceptable. And Kotaku, come on now. Come on now. It wasn't on Kotaku, but it was on yeah. Twitter. And I noticed a few people doing this. So uh, guys, come on now. You know me better than that. Yeah, that's yeah, again, it... for the record, let us state that that's... Uh, Never called for. Be critical, you know, be be harsh towards companies, corporations. Um, when you start sending individuals threats, um, no. Like, like honestly, yeah, if you do true. that, like, don't ever listen to this show. Don't ever watch anything I do. Like, honestly, please fuck off. Please fuck off. Yeah. I'm not interested so, in you. Or e- but even I, I even like in, even insulting them on, in Twitter, like saying fuck you and whatever, none of that helps. At all. No, no, yeah. it's not called for. It's not classy. Mm. You can you can do better yeah. than that, and I certainly expect better of of our audience, and I'm sure mm. most of your lovely lovely children. So don't go doing that. And we've said this before, and I think you two agree that like a genuine disappointed criticism from a fan is a lot more affecting to a creator than a thousand fucking angry. Oh yeah, when some moron yeah. just when some moron just yells beta cuck at me, I instantly just ignore them. Like that that's one way to just make sure you, I will never see one of your yeah, comments again. And nor will anyone else. Mute. Yeah, so but when someone that says gets I nowhere. love your work but I was really disappointed with this for yes. this reason then your yeah, heart that breaks arrow what hits home. Fucking heart. and then mm-hmm. you listen to yeah. it. <laughs> so one thing I thought was really telling about this whole Twitter thing was how readily we all accepted that uh, No Man's Sky was a mistake might be a legitimate thing that was said. Like, I think it says a lot about the way that, like, Hello Games have been treated and the way that people have... Like, it seems like they might have been the kind of studio who could have been beaten down to that yeah. point by now that they just felt felt ready to, to collapse and it's give up. Like, that didn't not... feel unreasonable. I mean... Like, again, it's so hard to talk about this. I'm not justifying any of that. Um, no. As a company, they're terrible. Like, they've it, their yeah, communication with their audience is just a disgrace. You know, it yeah, really is. Yeah. And, 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 and just to say it and again, I understand that's not to justify words. the abuse against them, but yeah. they are a disgrace I understand heated words about like, it as well. <laughs> Because, you know, I do the Jimquisition. I'm swearing and yelling all the bloody time. Um, <laughs> and I always try and make sure if I'm doing that, that is about a corporate entity. It's not about individuals. Um, I don't like focusing on individuals unless I really feel I have to. Like I did an episode of on Peter Molyneux once and it was unpleasant 
for me to have to do, even yeah. though I tried to not be insulting about the man, but critical of his actions. And I did the same with Sean Murray in a, a video I did on No Man's Sky. Um, and I did do a compilation of him um, saying things that were just basically not true and cut it to a little... Um, a karaoke version of George Michael's Faith, which was uh, quite amusing. Um, but, you know, I try not to focus on individuals too much. Um, so I understand heated words, and I understand, you know, if someone wants to say Hello Games is shit, fair enough, say it. Um, but, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough to know where that line is between yeah. letting your disgruntled nature known and just being a cock end. And for me, the line has always been making it personal. Um, mm. Keep it about the products and the corporation. Don't make it so personal as to what people do, where they really, they go so far as to more or less slander Sean Murray or Peter Molyneux or Todd Howard. Um, yeah. You know, these guys have done and said things that deserve criticism. Abso-bloody exactly. But... Don't go so far as to you are insulting them over stuff that has nothing to do with the actual subject. Focus on what they said, how it relates to the product, and why that's a bad thing. Yeah, like... Unless we're talking spoken... about Dennis Dyack. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. Think, like, I'm joking. It's better having... we never talk about Dennis Dyack. <laughs> I think, like, having spoken to Peter Molyneux at that time when he had his, like bit of a breakdown never talking to press again stuff i i can certainly see like not that like obviously criticism of creators who fail to live up to the promise of what they tell you their games are going to be before they release is valid but i can also see how the personal attacks can really wear someone down when particularly for something like um no man's sky where sony made such a push to be like hey, this is a big thing, a big thing, a big thing. And then it people were disappointed with it. As like, it's it's not like, say, Peter Molyneux, who's done this multiple times and has had multiple chances to learn that lesson already. This was Hello Games' first time making a big, ambitious, wide-open project. Yeah. And like, Joe it Danger really turned out well. Thing about like attacking. It did, but it was, it was so much like more, it was much more linear, mm -hmm. much more constrained in scope. I can certainly see how, had this been a legitimate tweet from Sean Murray, I would have understood where it had come from. It's just the thing with attacking Sean Murray as well. It's like, it's wrong either way, but none of us know what happened behind closed doors with that game. None, none of us know, did, did they think they were going to be able to do this and Sony made them release it? And, you know, there could have been decisions made from way higher up than Sean Murray that affected all these things, and maybe he's not maybe, allowed. Yeah. Yeah. He's I mean, not allowed to talk about it. You know, it. That's the that's the main issue. Like, I I won't go all the way down that street with you just because Murray was saying things really close to launch that could not possibly yeah, like, have happened. Yeah. Um, there were things that he didn't need to say. He could have just not said yeah. those things. But I do absolutely, and and you know, I know. Um, one or two ex-producers in the video game industry who can't talk about certain things but get the blame for things that were not their fault. Mm. And out of respect to them, of course, I don't want to say it because they would land them in hot water legally with, with companies they may have worked with before. Um, but there are times where developers, producers, um, 
stuff happens that's beyond their control that they had no control over, they had no say over, but they're the name the people know. They're going to get the shit for it. Hell, I understand that having worked at Destructoid and then The Escapist, <laughs> and every yeah. time someone there fucked up... I was the one who got blamed for it, and still do sometimes. Sometimes I still get blamed for things Destructoid did, and st- or still do. Uh, so, you know, it's it's a there was a, a it's game. a problem when you're the face and the mouthpiece of, of of a company, and you're not the one actually pulling all that many strings. There was a game that came out a couple of years ago that was full of bugs and notoriously so. And I've spoken to a couple of the people who worked on it. And they basically said we were begging the publisher not to put it out, to give us more time. And the shareholders were like, no, fuck that. And it came out as a complete, utter mess. Yeah, it sucks. And and it's something I've tried to be more cognizant of. Mm. Um, Like recently I wrote in my Skyrim review, I wrote that the QA team were asleep on the job and... In hindsight, and I did edit it afterwards, that's not fair. Um, not only because of that thing I hinted at that I'm looking into, but also because, again, it's it's not QA's decision. Yeah. They are paid to find bugs, but it's the publisher's call if the money's being spent to fix them. Oh, so, my God, yeah. There, there, there are so many people talking about that before, and, yeah. that bugs are prioritised during development, and it's the biggest ones that yeah. get fixed, and... If they're low well, on the priority the, list, it's they the biggest ones that are supposed to get yeah. fixed, and even then, that doesn't always happen. Like there are so many stories I know from people in QA who are like, "Yeah, we highlighted that this bug existed like three months before launch and said that like this is a top class bug. This is game breaking. It needs to be fixed. This is urgent." And then the publisher said, "No, it's not a problem for us," and it just didn't get fixed. And it's like this game is months out. We know this problem exists. They could fix it, and the publisher was just like, no, we don't think it's a priority, yeah. don't worry about it. It, it sucks, and, and that happens in many different levels of, of game development, and and it's something I lose sight of sometimes, and I try and I, I, I try to be better about it, um, but it is something you ought to remember, is that these are corporations made up of many different departments, many different individuals, and that's again part of the reason why I would prefer to, if I'm going to say fuck you to anyone, mm-hmm. just EA as a collective rather than, you know, fuck you, Respawn Entertainment. It's like, you know, you, you, you don't... That guy, you know. It's like, you don't blame, um, you know, James Hetfield for the way that Death Magnetic sounded. You blame the fucking people who mastered it and put it out that way, you know. Mm-hmm. And blame Lars, because it's always Lars' but... fault. <laughs> I'll, I'll still blame Sean Murray for, like, the thing, like, a month or two before launch, he was saying, like, yes, yes we have these yes. features that, like, they clearly did not have, and maybe they intended for them to be in, but, like, there is a, when you're getting closer and closer to launch, you need to make sure that your messaging to your audience is what the game is, mm. or this is what we'd like the game to be. Don't conflate the two. Don't make God, what yes. you'd like the game to become what you say that he the game currently is. He deserves culpability for that. Like, I went through the tapes. I went through the shit he said from, you know, years ago up to recently. And the objective, as objective as one can be, conclusion is, yeah, he talked shit. Like, that's just a statement of facts. That's not me saying it angrily or anything. That is a pure alienated... He talked shit. Mm. 
Sorry, yeah. Um, is it my? Am I dreaming or imagining things? Or did I see a trailer for that game that had like huge big sandworms and like crashed freighter ships? Yes, and... you did. Yeah, yeah. Those were all, there were a bunch of things in the trailers that just never made it to the game. And like the thing is, if that stuff's not there at launch, what you need to do is just be open and transparent about that. Like, mm. I would have a lot more respect for Hello Games had there been like two months before launch or even two months after launch we'd had like hey here is a blog post about things that we aimed to get in the game why they didn't work out whether they're feasible long term whether we might do them in updates or patches and just communicated that stuff rather than we showed you this in a trailer it wasn't yeah. in the game. The Steam store still shows a trailer that has these things in which are not in the game. They're trying to do Please it now. Please continue to buy the game. They're trying to do it now. Uh, this week after the whole Twitter kerfuffle, they put out a little blog post that was talking about yeah. how they're committed to supporting the game and they want to add new features and everything. But it's like, that's too little too late, especially yeah. after how long the radio silence has been since. Like, this just looks like a response to the Twitter hack, which is not a good look for your company. That yeah, you're responding to would, someone who was clearly bored with you not talking and made you talk for a laugh. Would they ever have said this had they not been hacked? And I think the answer's no. Like, had yeah. they not been hacked, they'd have been happy to continue not communicating what was going on with that game. Yeah, like, everything about No Man's Sky has just been a fucking... Just an example of what not to do with game promotion. Mm. Just they they hit all the all the the branches on the don't fucking do this tree. At least um, it's it like it's you nice. have to give it props for being responsible for one of the funniest YouTube videos of all time with mm -hmm. that. Um, I was thinking Ju about Jurassic that. Park comparison yes. video between the trailer. And the <laughs> Actually, <laughs> while we were talking, I was telling myself I've got to go search that again on um, <laughs> YouTube as soon as we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I don't that, know what that Jurassic called, Park but... team is. It's like Guile's team. It just goes with everything. Mm -hmm. What is it he plays it on? Like a, it, like a. Sh I think a it's like a shitty, shitty harmonica, harmonica rendition. <laughs> but if you, I think if you search No Man's Sky Jurassic Park on YouTube, you'll probably find. Or is it a it, melodica? I think it's that. a melodica. Ah, uh, I, I don't know. I think that's what it's called. Well. Yeah. My my friend Leo, who is also a musician, he plays the uh, the one that uses a stylus. Stylophone. Oh yeah, yeah. Like like um, Rolf Harris used to do, um, but we don't talk about Rolf Harris anymore. Ah, <laughs> oh, there we now go. Now I'm sad so, again because I talked yeah. about Rolf Harris. Fuck. Should we uh, should we wrap up with we've got a couple of questions. Do we want to do one or two questions that might yeah. not be as sad as ending on on Rolf oh, Harris? Oh sure, yeah. yeah. Listening to questions crowdsourced from Twitter will absolutely make me feel happy. Don't want to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, finish on Rolf Harris. No, thank you. Okay. Oh, um, uh, so other questions and things we have this week yes. um james folks wants to ask famously meatloaf sang that he would do anything for love but he wouldn't do that what do you think that is um nobbing a boglin i think it was anal fisting could be the same thing Anal what, fisting watching, with a boglin on your fist? Watch, you kind of do Final have to Fantasy anal fist a boglin. with his wife in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be do... in charge of Hello Games' PR. Yeah, I, I would do anything for love, but I wouldn't tell people that No Man's Sky was good. Like, that's that's something I'm not prepared no. to do for love. Use, I would use do anything Tyler for Durden's love. soap. <laughs> 
He would do anything for love, but he just won't run at 60 frames per second. <laughs> I, I would do anything for love, but I wouldn't dare tell the Australian government what the title of these podcasts is. <laughs> He'd do anything for love, but he will not give an update on the status of No Man's Sky. I, I would do anything I, for love, but I won't call someone a cuck on Twitter. I, I would do anything for love, but... Oh no, I forgot where I was going. Fuck it. Someone else do one. I'm too tired. I don't think I have any more. I don't know. There's really like not a lot of things I would do for love. So, you know. <laughs> I would do anything for love. Oh wait, no, I wouldn't. I would do really. a lot of stuff for love, but nothing that, you know, would compromise yeah, my a... dignity or self I do a fair bit for love, but yeah. I ain't going to nail my dick to a table. I'm not going to kick a dog. Yeah. You wouldn't like kick low a dog. level. Oh. I wouldn't kick a dog. Like if someone oh. said, "Right, my little, my little lovely bulldog out there." If someone went, "Right, kick him in the face," I'd go, "Fuck off!" They said, "I'll marry you." I'd say, "Still no, no." Yeah, like if my girlfriend said, "I don't to know me, who you are." Like you, you have to play all the way through Duke Nukem Forever, or I'm leaving you. I'd be like, "Well, geez, I'll, see ya." I'll, you know, let me just pack pack my clothes. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um, I wouldn't so really. We, just for the record. On, <laughs> On the topic of like kicking a dog in the face, we have a question from Adam Cowley. Oh, no. um, given that Laura is in Australia, land of the killer everything, mm. what animals or insects or various creatures scare the shit out of you? And what scary creatures do you find cute and cuddly? And why this is relevant, I am fucking terrified of dogs. Dogs oh, really? are scary as shit. Really? Yeah. Oh, that must oh, that's yeah. a shame. I, I I have a fear of dogs and like I've tried to work out where it came from and the best I can work out is my grandparents live in Spain and they have like eight or nine dogs at a time and they're very badly untrained to the point that like the dogs in one room can't be allowed to a different room or they will kill the dogs in the other room. Wow. And yeah. when I was a young child, I walked into a room as... A dog. One of the dogs was ripping a cat in half that was oh. in my in my younger sister's arms. Holy so like this, fuck. this this dog leaps at my sister, and then blood goes flying everywhere, and there is just like blood and fur and growling, snarling now, dog. Laura, I'm I'm and... no I'm no psychologist, <laughs> but I think I'm starting to see where your fear of dogs came yeah, from. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I know logically that dogs oh. are fine, but I still find them fucking terrifying. Which no, I, because, I fully understand. Like, my partner really wants to have a dog one day, and I'm like, I want to get there. But I find dogs irrationally terrifying because mm. I saw one like maul a uh, cat that was in my sister's That's arms a... once. So dogs that are fucking is... scary. Wow. I mean, I've yeah. seen cats do things to mice that have turned my stomach. Have I ever cats told you the story about bastards. when I trod on a mouse's head? Oh, cats oh you, I don't think you've told that story here. All right. I think I've told it on other podcasts. I'll, I'll keep it brief. But my mum had two cats that were killers, like stone cold killers. I, um,. Walking downstairs one night, I forget what it was, maybe I needed a drink of water or something. Pitch black, all the lights off in the house, go down the stairs, I tread on something cold and wet. Um, I uh, turn the light on, I lift my foot, I didn't have socks on, I, I lift my foot, stuck to the underside, to the sole oh. of my foot, by where its neck would have been was a mouse's head. Um, <laughs> oh. With one eye, uh. I found the other eye later. Um, I turned round. I saw the rest of the mouse, which had just <laughs> been turned inside out. Oh um, gosh! And that was that. I was the only one awake, and I wasn't going to bed with that left up. 
left out there. So I, I cleared it up. It was like a murder my, scene. I was rubbing are, like towels into the and carpet, they, they and it was coming up red. My like, cat yes, used to kill for pleasure. Do. I woke up one morning, and there were like six animals on my bed, and my cat was sat at the foot of my bed, very proud, like, "Look what I did! <laughs> Look what I brought you! I made yeah, these. Brought, this, I brought you all these the presents." The sister out of these two cats, the sister would like tear them apart while the brother watched. It was, it was, it was horrific. Oh gosh! So yeah, either of you scared of any nice animals or like any scary animals? I actually don't like mice, and it's not because of that. It's small animal, any small animal, whether it's cute or not. If it's too small to like live in a kennel, mm. I-, I would say if it's smaller than a rabbit, but. It's big enough to where if I dropped it on the floor from, uh, like, hip height, it would make a noise. That's too big and too small, and it's in that size category that just freaks me out, and that applies to mice as much as it applies to those big cockroaches that you get. That that hole I filmed Jim Saw in was full of, by the way, dead and alive. Oh. I don't like... Scorpions. I don't... I don't like insects that are small enough that I can picture them crawling inside my ear or my nose. <laughs> That's a thing I don't like. Centipedes are I fucking love, terrifying as well. I love scorpions, unlike Gav, um, in terms of scary things that I like. Um, obviously, if there was one just in my house, which is possible in Mississippi, um, I obviously wouldn't go near it. I wouldn't try and pet it. I would call for professional help to deal with it but as an animal i find them beautiful to look at and and, and everything mm. I, I love them um all sorts of things like that different insects different um lizards and snakes and all that stuff. yeah funny big Sna- fan of them. snakes are an animal i never felt that um a lot of people are creeped out by snakes but i never felt that they just oh very... i think snakes are adorable they have really cute faces they they're like little flicky tongues are adorable and unless they're like a super strong or poisonous one, there's not really much they're going to be able to do to you with no limbs. Mm-hmm. It was always a thing when I was a kid, like if a nature documentary was on, if it was about a fucking lion or something like that, I would, no, turn it off. Soon as snakes or crocodiles came up, yes, please, I'll be watching this. <laughs> do we get I, to I see, want to watch that snake to slowly eat, eat an egg. Child? <laughs> <laughs> it was the eggs that I liked. I like to watch those those snakes that unhinge their jaws and just slowly swallow an egg, and you just watch the egg in their body just round. I used to, oh, I love watching that. Love watching that. I also uh, have a morbid fascination of watching locusts get eaten by bigger insects. You know, it's a <laughs> it makes my skin crawl, but I, I like watch it in this with this morbid fascination. Wow, <laughs> we're, are we're learning so much about you this week. <laughs> Yeah, we are actually. It's it's kind of a we're learning bo- so much about book. both of you this week with Laura's dog story. <laughs> oh God, yeah. So um, oh, I think we we've need got to wrap up one... soon. So I'm, I'm literally going to piss yeah. myself, Mark. Uh, I need to go to the store as well. Just okay, going to very... have to piss yourself, Jeremy. Okay, so very very quick last question we have this week is from Jeron Heister. If you could revive one site that no longer exists to its former glory, which one would it be? I was about to, I was about to say something that would be very unprofessional and bridge burning, so I won't say that. <laughs> um, fuck! What kind of defunct sites are there? That... Gawker. <laughs> um, 
like the first the first thing that came to mind for me and i don't know why this is this is what i went to but homestar runner when that was like a thing that used to be very active and existed when it was at its height oh god yeah. yeah if i could revive homestar runner to its like its peak of content production i would fucking love that God, that's a good one. I'm yeah, like, I, can't I really honestly, think of any. yeah. I mean, when I think that far back, I I also think of Joe Cartoon, but Ooh. I don't know if I necessarily miss that as much as I would Homestar. Um, mostly, what I remember from Joe Cartoon was just the monkey spanking cartoon <laughs> slash game. Just I'm gonna spank my monkey, and you just click and I, watch a dude spank, like literally spanking I, a screaming monkey in in a similar vein i kind of wish that like i could see new grounds revive to like where uh, the era it was at when like before youtube and the indie gaming space kind of like took over any point it has now i would love to see a world where new grounds is a relevant place again mm-hmm. i miss when that was relevant <laughs> Joe Cartoon's still around. They're, they're hosting uh, Happy Tree Friends. Um, Remember Happy Tree Friends? Oh yeah, Dude. Happy Tree Friends. That was that yeah. was that was something. That was a, that was this seems to be just a big cartoon show. receptacle now. We've got Donald Trump in a blender. That's a game you can play. Also Hillary oh, Clinton in oh a blender. Oh my god, I forgot about the inner blender flash cartoons. Oh yeah, they're still doing them. Still doing uh, 45,000 odd people playing the uh, Donald Trump in a blender. 18,000 people playing the Hillary Clinton in a blender. Is that a clue as to what's coming in this election? Who knows? I just can't wait for it oh, to be over so I can stop living this fucking nightmare. By the time that next week's episode of the podcast is out, we probably will know who the next president is. God. I That's honestly terrifying. almost cried then. I'm, 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 yeah. Yeah, let's. Oh God! Oh fuck! Oh I, politics! I, 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 I would just run back to the UK, but Theresa May's over well, there. Well, so. you, you oh, could, yeah, you could live like a king on all your American dollars now in in the UK. That's oh true. God, yeah. Like I'll the, wait for the economy to really tank, the, and then I'll smooch on over. I was actually like, because most of my money comes in dollars, I actually considered mm. moving to the UK. But now that you're all racists, Laura. Oh God, yeah, like. <laughs> So here's the it's thing. It's going to be like, Teresa- get out of my country, you bloody yeah. paddy mick. Uh, Theresa May is terrifying, but the collapse of the pound has done wonders for my income because the the Austra- uh, the the American dollar is now worth so much more to me. So yeah. thank you, Patreon, for paying me in dollars. <laughs> I know, it's so funny. Every time the euro drops, I kind of am secretly like, hee 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 hee. It's terrible. <laughs> we are awful, awful people. Awful, awful, selfish way to think, yeah. but you know. Yeah, so Let's all play Donald Trump in a blender. It is now a good time. For oh, there it to... is! Look at my oh. monkey. Sorry, I I'm really, excited to really... end the podcast so I can play the monkey spanking thing on the Joe cartoon. <laughs> right? Should we? Should we wrap up and head off then? Yes, yes I really <laughs> yes. do need to piss, Mark. Okay. Um, stop quoting Peep Show. They're funnier than us. Oh, there's a there's a um, Facebook page that's all Peep Show quotes. By the way, oh, it's no, the best fucking. You might have to shoot Facebook me a link page to ever. I love after it. you've had a wee. Shit, sugar, um, fudge, okay. piss, poo, pants, bollocks. <laughs> um, piss teeth. That was the best bit in that oh, show teeth. when he called someone piss teeth. Yeah. <laughs> um, Laura! Me? Laura, people, people are all sad because of all the depressing things I brought up in this week's episode. And they might need cheering up from 
the Laura K. Buzz network of content, how can they access all of this great stuff? All of these wonderful things, what I do. Well, you can find those yeah. at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter. Laura K. Buzz uh-huh. on Patreon, which pays the bills. Please go chuck a dollar or a pound or whatever bit of currency you have so I can keep the lights on. Other than that, there's uh, Let's Play Video Games, Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. Just Laura K. Buzz, you'll find it all. Wonderbar. And Gavin, you do music when you're not desperate for a piss. How can people hear it? Uh, go on to my YouTube channel, Miracle of Sound, where the latest song is, as mentioned, Battlefield 1 slash World War 1 themed. And it's been getting a good response, which is nice. So nice. Miracle of Sound on Twitter. Follow me there to see people quoting me out of context to start drama. And uh, yeah, there you go. Okay, okay, And thank you all for listening, as always. Thank you to Laura and Gavin for joining me here today. Um, thank you all for the wonderful response to Jim Saw. I was shitting bricks when I was publishing that, and I'm so glad people liked it. And if you haven't seen it, do please check it out. A ton of work and a, a ton of love went into it. Uh, and I'm hopefully I'm watch we will that be doing... Uh, I, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and uh, Ian Boldsworth really liked it, and he's a big Saw fan and sort of my comedy hero, so the fact he enjoyed it made me feel really good. And and it's got a special read, appearance in it. I have to go read your Skyrim <laughs> review as well now, because you mentioned yes. that it's like a cum-soaked sweatpants. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way of describing it. Um, in a good way. Uh, and that's, oh, that's all good. Thank you for your support, and we're going to go now. Uh, thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.